have what might be a controversial theory about firefighters. And it's not one I wanted to build a whole episode out of with Shane, Hatch, and Pabell because, well, honestly, I didn't want the natural flow of the conversation to stop me from where I'm going before I could get there. You see, I'm only going to possibly be able to convince you if I can walk you through the whole thing. At the end, if you think I'm an idiot, let me know. I'll listen. My theory is this. Firefighting is an optimistic profession. Therefore, all firefighters are optimists. Now, when you heard me say that, your brain probably instantly sent you a flash of an image in your head to prove my statement false. You might have seen the face of one of those pain-in-the-ass firefighters who isn't ever happy. Most departments have at least a few of them. The kind of firefighter that when they find a $20 bill on the sidewalk complains that it wasn't a 50 Someone that you might call a real glass-half-empty kind of person. But my theory includes that firefighter, too. All firefighters are optimists. Every single one of them. Now, I consider myself a die-hard optimist, but plenty of people around me wouldn't agree if you asked them. They see me as someone all too ready to point out the problems with any particular course of action, or the numerous ways something isn't going to work out. And they're absolutely right that I do that. I pride myself on my ability to do that. You might say it's like my superpower. I think the usefulness of my ability to see problems on the horizon is actually a large part of why I've risen to the rank I have. And I think it's a major component of my value to the organization. But the mistake that others make is categorizing me as a pessimist because of it. They see me pointing out the potential problems and think that I can only see the negative and that that then makes me negative, which therefore makes me a pessimist. But as I'm hopefully going to show you, it doesn't. Let me ask you this. How good can anyone be at charting a course to a destination if they're not going to chart a course around the obstacles? I mean, anything else and you're just a Roomba, moving forward in a straight line until you run into something, and then changing your direction until you run into something else. No, seeing the obstacles before you run into them is pretty damn useful. It saves you time, pain, and suffering. Being able to identify the obstacles in your path isn't pessimistic at all. And optimism isn't about seeing a path free of obstacles. So, what is an optimist? I'm going to pretend to be Pabell for a second and get out the old online dictionary. Optimism is defined as a hopefulness and confidence about the future. Pessimism is defined as a lack of hope or confidence about the future. And did you pick up on the key word that both definitions share? Future. Optimism and pessimism are only about the future. You either have hope for the future or you don't. That's what defines whether you're an optimist or a pessimist. Optimism and pessimism have nothing to do with now. The labels of optimist and pessimist get thrown around a lot, and even professional writers that ought to know better actually get it wrong. Case in point, a recent Washington Post article about a scientific study showing that optimists live longer lives fell into the same trap regarding optimism and pessimism. The first sentence of the article asked, Do you tend to see the glass half full rather than half empty? But evaluating how much water is in the glass doesn't have anything to do with optimism or pessimism. 
The glass half-full, half-empty exercise is only useful in determining optimism or pessimism if you ask questions like, do you think you will or won't be able to get more water in the future? You answer yes, you're an optimist. You think you won't get any more water in the future? You're a pessimist. No, evaluating the current state of the water in the half-full, half-empty glass isn't a question of optimism or pessimism. It's a question of being realistic or unrealistic. In the glass half-full, half-empty exercise, the amount of water in the glass is the same for everyone considering the question. You can pour it out and measure it, and everyone should be able to agree on the measured quantity of water. That's being a realist. Realism is defined as the quality or fact of representing a person, thing, or situation accurately. That's it. And if you aren't able to do that, then you're being unreal. Being a realist is about acknowledging things as they are. And being a realist is critical to success as a firefighter, and as an optimistic firefighter, in two ways. By orienting you, and by making you tolerable to others. Let's talk about the orienting part first. Being realistic establishes where you are on the map. It gives you your starting point. If you're going to chart a path forward to a goal or destination, you have to know where you're starting from because if you're going to avoid the obstacles in your path on the way to point B, you have to know where point A is. It's that simple. Type an address into your phone for directions and it's going to want to know where your starting point is. Optimism is your commitment to the belief that there is a path and that you'll get around the obstacles on the way to your destination. If you can't see a path around the obstacles, that's pessimism, a lack of any hope of future success. The obstacles that the optimist sees as something to be negotiated are converted by the pessimist into barriers. Barriers are insurmountable. Optimists see obstacles as something to overcome. Doesn't that sound a hell of a lot like what firefighters do for a living? Overcome obstacles? In my mind, it follows then that all firefighters must be optimists. Firefighters are dealers in hope. All firefighters must be optimists. Think about it. If optimism is seeing a path around the obstacles, isn't that literally what a firefighter does every call we go on? And do firefighters see obstacles or barriers? There are no barriers to the firefighter. Obstacles to firefighters are like someone waving a red flag in front of an angry bull. Firefighters charge at them and will not be stopped. We constantly test ourselves to see if we can get through a particular kind of door or if we can make an SCBA bottle last a little bit longer, if we can take a little bit more heat than the last time. We as firefighters are always conquering obstacles. But there are those of us that can only see barriers when they scan the horizon. And converting obstacles into barriers has a very seductive and maybe unconscious effect for the pessimist. It releases them from any responsibility for the situation. If you see something as an obstacle, you're committed to having to figure out how to get over, under, around, or through it. But when you convert an obstacle into a barrier, you excuse yourself from having to deal with it. Something else, or even someone else, is stopping you from moving forward. You can blame the mountain in front of you. Classifying something as a barrier releases a person from any responsibility for dealing with it. When a person calls 911 
and firefighters show up. Aren't we there to make it better? Isn't a firefighter called because we have an ability, a gift, if you will, to see the path around the obstacles? A path maybe that others can't see for themselves. You're trapped on the upper floors of a burning building with no way out. We see a path for getting you to safety. Pinned under the rear tires of a cement truck, we see a path to freeing you. Injured by a chainsaw and hanging from a static line in a tree with no way down, we see a path. Firefighters are dealers in hope. And if you're a firefighter who shows up on scene and doesn't think you're going to make whatever's going on better, forgive me for being blunt, but what the fuck are you doing on the truck? The second reason being a realist is critical to being an optimist, at least a successful optimist, is that being a realist makes your optimism more tolerable for others who don't see the world that way yet. When someone isn't realistic, it calls everything else about them into question. Take, for instance, the extreme version of this where someone is constantly, tirelessly upbeat and doesn't ever seem bothered by what the current situation is, no matter how bad it gets. We tend to approach these people as not having a clue, and often they are misdiagnosed as hopelessly optimistic. But here's the thing. We judge them as deranged not for their positivity, but for the fact that they seem to be totally divorced from reality. The expression, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining, the ones that are detached from reality are the ones who believe it is raining. But they're not crazy because they're optimistic. After all, maybe they just see a future where it isn't raining anymore. No, it's not the act of daring to be positive about the future that loses people. It's the abandonment of being realistic about now. That's what sinks leaders in the eyes of their followers. Take, for example, the Captain Miller character from Saving Private Ryan. After a brief prologue in present day, the film opens with Tom Hanks as Captain Miller standing in a Higgins boat with the rest of his men as they plow their way through the surf towards Omaha Beach. D-Day. For years, I've been fascinated with the idea of what must have happened in the moments right before that when the soldiers would have been about to board the boats. If you're Captain Miller, what do you say to those men to get them to follow you into the boat? I can't imagine that there were any illusions among any of the rangers about what was going to happen when the ramp dropped. Soldiers would be immediately exposed to withering fire from a German machine gun aimed down the mouth of that narrow alley with only one way out. Moving toward the gunfire is their only option. How do you convince someone else to follow you into that boat? The reality of that situation, seconds before the ramp goes down, must have been terrifying. And I imagine that the rangers knew that not everyone was going to touch sand, much less actually make it off that beach. But Captain Miller, giving his last-minute instructions to his rangers, says this. Portside stick, starboard side stick, move fast and clear those murder holes. Keep the sand out of your weapons. Keep the actions clear. What does calling the front of the boat a murder hole do for your men? It's not exactly a positive message, right? No, but it's a realistic one. Captain Miller in that moment isn't painting a rosy picture of what's about to happen. But he ends those instructions with one more sentence, and it's a vision of a future beyond the ramp dropping. He ends it with the very optimistic, I'll see you on the beach. That's nothing but hope. Hope without abandoning reality. 
that very short final speech to his men is quite remarkable. And I have to think, his honest assessment of now and his hope for the future, his vision of a path that gets them off the beach, are a major reason why those rangers follow him. If before they got into the boat, he'd promised all of his men that none of them would be injured by gunfire, would they have followed him? I doubt it, at least not willingly. They would have written him off as a lunatic, and nothing else he said would have any weight. No, being a realist is extremely critical to your success as a leader if you're going to try and show anyone a path forward around obstacles. What firefighters and any other leaders should strive to be are realistic optimists. Dealers in reality and dealers in hope. The hope they can move themselves and others to a new and better reality. Yes, we're in a fight for our lives, but we're going to get off the beach. Yes, the building is on fire and you're choking on the smoke, but I'm going to lead you down this ladder to safety. If you're doing that, then you are an optimist. I'll say it again. If you don't think you can make the situation better, what the hell are you doing on the truck? So if what I'm saying is true and all firefighters are inherently optimists, why don't they act like optimists? I think people have an evolutionary drive to connect with other people. We try to connect and bond with others through common experiences. And those tend to be things from our past. Someone tells you about their knee hurting, and most of us will feel a pull to sympathize and identify with them by telling them about a similar injury or experience that we've had. Bonding over the past is much more convenient and faster. It's like a bonding shortcut. It's much harder and less common for people to connect over a shared vision of the future, a shared path around the obstacles on our horizon. The future is an unknown, and the strength of any bonding around a shared future ultimately is dependent on the strength of the belief of those involved that the goal is attainable. It's much easier to look into our past to a known experience. So we say, I know how painful my knee injury was. You say your knee hurts? Let's talk about our knees. Connecting with someone else over the potential success of the surgeries in our future is possible, but it's not as easy, so we don't typically do it. Regardless of how much harder it is to do, bonding over optimism about the future is stronger in the long run. A shared commitment to the goal enables everyone involved to survive the setbacks along the way that are sure to come. Deal with them realistically when they occur and chart a path forward to a better place. Realistic optimism. In the end, this all comes down to a choice to be optimistic or pessimistic. If you choose to be pessimistic, you see only obstacles and then convert them to barriers. And then you're done. And everyone around you that listens to you becomes collateral damage. But if you choose to be optimistic, you see the spaces between the obstacles. The more you practice seeing the path, the more you start seeing larger spaces around the obstacles, and barriers become almost non-existent. You begin to see the world through the lens of what's possible instead of what's not possible. Adam Grant, in his book Give and Take, writes about a number of recent psychological experiments designed to figure out how to identify people within a group who are going to excel. 
and the studies revealed and affirmed a simple technique that can be used and is remarkably reliable. What's the technique? Simply telling students that they have been identified as above average and that the school expects them to excel. In other words, if the students think that they have the potential to be better, it actually makes them better. Sure, technical skills and abilities play a part in any success, but the results of the studies were undeniable. Thinking you are going to perform well actually makes you perform better. So, apply that here if you still can't see yourself as an optimist in an optimist's profession. Simply thinking of yourself as an optimist can make you optimistic. You'll see the world as an optimist does, full of possibilities and promise, which then becomes a self-fueling cycle. We see more to be optimistic about and become more of an optimist, and it grows from there. But it starts as a choice. You can choose to see barriers and be that person, or you can choose to see paths around obstacles and be that person. And both are extremely contagious. When you're a realistic optimist, it makes others around you optimistic. And the more people there are sharing a vision of the path around the obstacles, the less tolerable you make it for the pessimists. They get squeezed out. They either have to get on board the train or get left behind at the station. Either way, your group will be better off for it. Colin Powell rightly said, Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. When you define yourself by what's possible instead of by what's impossible, you start to see yourself as powerful. Barriers require that you surrender to them. Obstacles, on the other hand, are to be conquered. Optimism breeds more optimism, and it swallows pessimism whole. Firefighters are dealers in hope, so choose to be the optimist, because it's what the job requires of you. Choose to be a realistic optimist, because it will make you a successful leader. Choose to see the obstacles for what they are, obstacles, not barriers, and then visualize the path around them, so you can show others the way. Never forget to remain a realist. When the obstacle in front of you is a mountain, call it a mountain. If it's the tallest mountain in the world, call it that, but don't let it be a barrier to your goal. See the way over the mountain, or go around it, or even tunnel through it. Be the realistic optimist. And if you can't do it, if you can't choose to be a realistic optimist, Refuse to be a pessimist. And if you can't do that, what the hell are you doing on the truck? Firefighting is an optimistic profession, and all firefighters are optimists. Every single one. Combustible is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Combustible to make sure you don't miss out on an episode. Follow us on Facebook so we know how many of you listeners there are out there. And you can check us out online at combustiblethepodcast.com. As always, we would like to thank the Golden Dogs and True North Records for letting us use their song Saints at the Gates for our theme music. You can find the Golden Dogs music on any streaming platform. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Later.